you are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches. Still a lot of things happening in this offseason. Never really have an offseason in the NFL. It goes goes on and on. If you look at... uh, television in general and when it's the off season the NFL live still happens every single day uh, pro football uh, pro football talks on every day so there's stuff happening around the NFL so there really isn't an off season there's actually more things happening in the off season than during the regular season other than the actual football uh, I talk a little bit about you know what's happening around the NFL but mostly I talk about the uh, Buccaneers and what's happening here um, in our neighborhood, uh, an old school name, Kellen Winslow II. Uh, we remember his father, obviously, Hall of Famer. Kellen II didn't turn out that way. Although he had the ability, he just didn't have the mental capacity, I don't think. And he was always a little bit off. Kellen Winslow, you know, II was always off a little bit. I didn't know him. I met him a couple of times, you know, just in passing. So I didn't really know much about him. Um, but from what I hear, his teammates even kind of alienated him because I guess he had some weird sexual tendencies. And I've never been around anybody in a locker room that had such weird sexual tendencies that it was causing a ruckus in a locker room. Like I heard, I've heard uh, rumors that Charles Haley used to masturbate in meetings. I've never seen that, I, nor would I like to. Um, but I guess Kellen Winslow Jr. or, or the second uh, had this weird affinity for porn and just was really weird sexually. So he really wasn't really embraced in the locker room. He was a good football player, played hard. Uh, he was just convicted of charges of rape, indecent exposure. Uh, if you if you read it, and go but go and read it. You know, if you think this is, you know, people overdoing, you know, overdoing something, he's like pulling his thing out in the gym on equipment and showing it to 77-year-old women. It's really weird and deviant. And if you remember, Kellen Winslow uh, II, I think was arrested in a Walgreens parking lot, masturbating uh, all high on spice or something like that. It's not good. None of it's good. All right? And, you know, for a guy who was a former pro bowler, um, you hate to see him go there, and the first thing from that comes to my mind is you are riddled with CTE. That's the first thing that comes to my mind because you ain't acting right. All right, he's been playing football a long time, and really hasn't been acting right for a long time. And when you look at people like uh, Aaron Hernandez, who you know we've seen what he's gone through and what went through. Okay, he went through a lot. Um, brought on himself, and when they cut his brain open, they were like, that's the worst case of CTE I've ever seen. Um, it doesn't justify what he did, but you have to understand. That's the worst case of CTE I've ever seen. He's living a lie. He was living a lie as well, being a homosexual man in a, in a, in a situation where he was trying to be Joe Tough Guy. And that's a tough place to be hanging around gangs and in the NFL locker rooms, and you're a homosexual and you don't want anybody to know. That makes it a tough situation, obviously. So, um, you know, uh, Kellen Winslow the second is going to go away for a little while, and justifiably so. He needs to be behind bars. Un- unfortunately, I don't think that's going to turn out well. Now, our Buccaneers, 
I'm I'm about as I don't think I'm pessimistic. I think I'm realistic. I think you have to prove to me that you're good. Or if you know if you're a good football player, then why? Prove to me. Show me the film. But I don't want to hear anybody tell me they're good. Okay, that's just me. I, you have to prove it to me. And I used I don't remember really being overly optimistic about the Buccaneers for a while. The last time I did it was probably. Two years ago, when I thought the Buccaneers were going to make the playoffs, and they went five and eleven, and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to let them do that to me anymore because they do it every damn year. It seems like, and as Buccaneer fans, I know we we feel like we deserve a, a good season. I think we do. It's been a while. It's been a while because we are becoming the laughing stock, not the Browns anymore. The Browns are everybody's optimistic about the Browns. Everybody's picking the Browns. Nobody's picking the Bucks. All right. So as far as being laughing stocks is like us and the Cardinals, and that's it. And the Cardinals have won lately. The Cardinals have done some stuff lately. We haven't done jack shit lately, okay? And it's getting to a point where, you know, it's getting old. But I'm getting to a point now where I'm watching Bruce Arians and I'm seeing what he's trying to get accomplished, and I'm actually um, embracing it. I'm, I'm, I could see that Bruce Arians understands what it takes to win, and I think that's half the battle. You know, having talent is important, but I think putting talent in the right place, it may be even more important. When you look at, you know, Belichick and Parcells and you, know, you go to Sean Payton's now, and there's a bunch of different coaches now, or Andy Reid, where you put them on a team and it, it makes their team better right away. I'm hoping that Bruce Arians is that guy. He's done it before. Um, he's come in here. He's done some things that I think are good for for the organization and for the team. Uh, just little things like, you know, instead of wasting time in practice, he's doing practice on both fields, okay? So not everybody's getting work. Not, not everybody has to watch every practice all the time. You get, there's plenty of film, but everybody's getting more work. Now, he's putting an emphasis on speed, and I think that's a big thing in the NFL now there's not too many rough, rugged teams anymore that just come out and beat you up. But there's teams out there that just outmatch you with speed. I mean, the Saints being one, uh, the Chiefs being another, and there's a lot of teams out there. There's just a lot going on. Even, you know, you talk about the Patriots, um, they're not the fastest players, but that ball's coming out of that hand real quick, and those guys are catching that ball real quick. So speed is important. So you better be either stupid knowledgeable or fast. So speed is important. And I think that's one of the things that he's emphasizing, which I think is awesome. Uh, Bruce Arians get a message to the players. Minicamp is over. They're heading home uh, for the last little hurrah before they come back from training camp. This is the quick, like, if you have a month left for training camp, but there's a little bit more than that. And I've been here, done that quite a few times. That's the quickest month and a half you've ever seen in your life. It goes by quick as hail, okay? And he's basically telling the players, um, come back in football shape. And that doesn't mean track shape. It means football shape. You got to be ready to, to get down dirty. All right. Um, come back in football shape and be ready to compete. Cause you know, if you're a newer player, if you're somebody who's learning a new system, which is everybody on the team, because they're implementing new offensive systems and new defensive systems. If you don't understand what's going on, they don't have time to wait for you. Okay, in training camp because they don't give a rat's ass about you if you can't pick it up. They'll just go by you and that'll be it. So come back in football shape and be ready to compete. 
That's that's it. Now, Donnie Abraham was a guy that I played with way back in the day. He was a real good corner, uh, big physical guy. Um, knows a little bit about you know Bruce Arians and what he brings and Todd Bowles and his defense. And He made me feel a little bit better when he was talking about Bowles' defense and the scheme and... Um, you know, there's not a lot of raw pass rushers out there for the Buccaneers, but I'm thinking hopefully Todd Bowles' schemes can get some people free and we can get after the quarterback because the Bucks haven't got after the quarterback the conventional way in quite a while, okay, since Simeon Rice and Warren Sapp and those guys. So we got to figure out ways without JPP, okay, who was our number one guy, they lost McCoy. Uh, listen, whether you're a fan or not, it's still losing some pressure. Um, but they're going to have to figure out ways to scheme their way um, to the quarterback. You know, you have, you know, when you, if you're coming out of nickel, you usually have three defensive linemen, uh, maybe three linebackers in there. You know, you can only rush four, but if you rush the right four guys, you can get pressure. Sometimes when the scheme... Uh, you know, keeps the offense off balance. The angles are not as great, and then you can get better pressure. But if you're just rushing four down, guys, it's tough. You better have four fiends, and we don't. So there's got to be something done where Todd Bowles figures ways to to scheme his way around pass rushes, which are going to be important. Now, offensively, the name that's come up more than any other name in this offseason has been Ronald Jones, who was a second-round pick for the Bucks. Last year had 23 carries, 23 big carries, uh, and averaged 1.9 yard per carry. Now, if from my from my eyes, okay, because you only can evaluate with your eyes. My eyes say suck. He sucks. Period. Like when I ever, every time he touched the ball, he looked confused. Uh, I, I didn't see any instincts. When time, every time they threw him the ball, he looked like it was his first time catching the ball. And we were interviewing Mark Cook the other day from the, the Pewter Report, and he said something to me. He said something on air, and I was like, what? He said, Ronald Jones didn't really know how to catch a football coming out of college. So now, I played offensive line my whole life. No, no, it's not true. I played, I played running back for a bit. I played fullback. I played in some different positions, mostly offensive line. How do you not know how to catch a football? I know how to catch a football. If I throw a football to you, you know how to catch a football. It's either you can catch a football or you can't catch a football. You don't learn how to catch a football. That's an innate thing, all right? So if you can't catch a football, you just can't catch a football. So if you don't know how to catch a football out of college, then you won't be a good football catcher in the NFL. It doesn't work that way. The NFL is not a good place to learn. It's not a good place to learn. So, you know, everybody's gassing up Ronald Jones and how great he's going to be. I, that's one thing. You got to show me. If it's looked like doo-doo to this point, and it has, it, then that's what it is. Now, to Ronald Jones' defense and his 23 carries, 13 of them he was hit behind the line of scrimmage. It says a little bit about our offensive line. You know, if you put Ronald Jones behind the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, he's not going to get hit 13 times behind the line of scrimmage. Maybe all year. So... That's the difference. Are we running the right plays? Do we have the right guys up front? So I don't know if Ronald Jones is a difference maker. We're going we're gonna to find out. Now, one position I think the Bucks have to figure out a way to get the most out of is tight end. Because 
losing Adam Humphreys and losing Deshaun Jackson, you're losing a possession guy, you're losing a guy who takes the back out of the defense, that's a big deal. Now we got some guys to fill in, but we don't know how, you know, admirably they're going to fit in. We don't know. So we will see. But the tight end position to me, uh, O.J. Howard has shown flashes of greatness and some. Like he's shown flashes that this guy can't be covered. Like this is a freaky athlete. Not enough though. It's not enough. It's not enough consistency. At the end of the season, you better be, I want to still see your jersey. In the last two years, at the end of the season, O.J. Howard, you were gone. You know what? That ain't good enough because you know why? When we make the playoffs, and hopefully it's soon, you bet you got to be there, bro. You can't, you know, not be there in the playoffs. So if you're not there at the end of the season, then you didn't, you didn't fulfill your obligations as a football player. I'm not saying he's faking anything. He was injured. I get it, but you know, you don't normally get more healthy as you get older. And he's missed the end of the season in two straight seasons. That's a big deal. Cameron Brait, I thought was one of the more underachieving players we had last year. You know, he kind of turned into kind of a Dave Moore player. That's not dogging Dave Moore, but Dave Moore didn't make $8 million a year. Like Dave Moore was a partial player, uh, a substitute guy that caught touchdowns and didn't really catch a lot of balls, but he was a secondary player. Cameron Brait's picture was on the side of the stadium last year. You got to get more out of Cameron Brait, period. And then they had this tough kid, Anthony O'Claire, out of Montreal, because that's where all the tough kids come from. Um, and he's kind of a bruiser. Uh, toughness, is, that's what everybody says about him. You need that, okay, if you're going to run the football, which, God forbid, we don't. If we don't run the football this year, I don't really see anything happening, okay? I, I, I think Bruce Arians understands that running the football is the most important thing we got, okay? So as far as toughness goes, I would think toughness should be, you know, the word of camp, toughness. Let's figure out ways to get tougher because it's been a while since Buccaneers have been tough. And I mean tough, and I mean, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers are tough, okay? Usually, okay? But when you go play the Steelers, they're tough. When you go play the Saints back in the day, they were tough. And I'm talking about when I played. When you played the Bears, they were tough. When you used to play the Buccaneers in the late 90s, they were tough. In the early 2000s, they were tough. And we haven't been that in a while. So I think that word toughness is going to be obviously very, very important. Now, there's going to be some battles going on in training camp. Um, Bruce Arians is talking about this kid, this kicker, Matt Gay, I guess has crazy length. Uh, so I foresee him may, may winning you know, the battle. Uh, a kicker now, Carlos uh, Cairo Santo kicked pretty well at the end of the year last year, but I think he's pretty much going to be dead man walking. If you have a guy who was drafted by the GM after another kicker he drafted fizzled out in one year, boy, it's going to be hard to beat that guy out because he's going to have to justify that pick. Because if they cut that pick, you look like a horse's ass. <laughs> because this Buccaneer team has holes all over the place, and you took. A draft pick to pick a kicker again. So you can't be wrong again. You can't be. If you're wrong on that again, then you need to lose your job immediately. If they cut Matt Gay, Jason Light should lose his job immediately. Immediately. I don't really know what he's doing there anyways, to be honest with you. I mean, he's constructed a house out of spit 
and I and doo doo, and that's it. And it doesn't. It's not holding up at all. With no money, no wins. Those aren't two good things. So keep an eye on that. Um, you know that kicking battle going on in training camp. Now this is something that came out, and I 100% agree. And it's about time somebody says something. They came out with a a poll of the best uniforms in the in the in the uh, in the NFL. And I think there was six teams that had worse uniforms than the Buccaneers. And some of them behind the Buccaneers. I think I can actually like the uniforms. The Browns were behind the Bucks. I think the Bucks were about 26, 27. The Browns were behind the Bucks. I like the Browns uniforms. And Carolina Panthers behind the Bucks. I like the uniforms as well. But the Buccaneers uniform is one of the worst in the NFL. I can't stand it. You know, I'm, I'm obviously biased because I wore the orange. By the way, the orange name number one throwback. <laughs> How about that? Bring back the orange. Let's try, let's start that right now. Bring back the orange. Because that damn uniform, the Bucks uniform doesn't look good. I don't give a crap. It doesn't look good. The number numbers suck. I don't get it. I don't get them. And the first time I looked at the numbers, everybody this is what people said when they first put those numbers out. In a couple years, everybody's gonna have numbers like that. Like who? Who has numbers like that? Those numbers suck. They don't even look right. They don't they look like letters almost. It doesn't look good. And, and, you know, we have a lot, there's too much laughing stock stuff going on here in the, in the Bay Area, unfortunately. Put the orange back, because listen, everybody said the orange signifies losing. And more losing than's happened now? I mean, losing is what's happening now anyways. Put the damn orange back on, and we're going to feel good about ourselves. I got this one email from Brandon White. I don't know if he's related to Sam White. Uh, but he was asking, uh, what do most players do between now and training camp, what, do they kind of hang out? Do they stay out of trouble? Do they do anything to improve? Well, Brandon, I can't speak for everybody, okay? But, you know, football's a lot different now than it used to be. You know, we used to have to come to camp. We would have a run test, and we would start hitting immediately. Now these guys, they kind of break them in slowly and a lot softer, and it's not quite the same. So what you weren't going to do is to leave Tampa and go somewhere for a month or a month and a half and not work hard, okay? That's the time when you got to work hard. I mean, the football season. You can run all you want in the off season. Once the football season starts, you know, there's not much running to do anymore. It's not, you can lift weights, but you can't lift weights like you can in the off season. So the off season, uh, especially that little stint, is an important time to get yourself in, in, in shape, to get yourself strong and get yourself ready for the football season. So, I don't know many people that took it easy at that time. If you're taking it easy in the last month before training camp, then you don't really take your craft seriously. So uh, it's that's go time, man. Because once you get back to Tampa and it's 198 degrees out in that field, you got to run around. If you're not in shape, you're in big trouble. If anybody ever wants to email me, it's ianbeckles at radioinfluence.com. Um, make sure you're tuning into our show, The Ron and Ian Show, every day, or actually Monday through Friday. Uh, 95.3 FM and 620 WDAE. Talk a lot of football. We talk a lot of everything sports-wise and food and women and the whole nine yards. And I have a couple of other podcasts as well, so you want to check it out on all the different avenues through uh, Radio Influence. But I appreciate you guys listening in. Football season doesn't end, and uh, our Buccaneers hopefully will figure out ways to win this year because it would be nice, I think. And I think if you're a Buck fan, you deserve it because God knows I deserve it. Have a wonderful week, and please stay safe. Peace out.
You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. This is a Sitting Ringside with David Penzer Quick Fix on Radio Influence. This week on Sitting Ringside, brought to you by Twillery, we will talk to the always entertaining and controversial Disco Inferno, Glenn Gilberti. He'll tell the story about missing the Jericho cruise, the only wrestler to miss that cruise. Also, we'll talk to him about his time currently in Impact Wrestling, talk a little WWE, a little AEW, a little Vince Russo, and do a little Q&A for questions that were sent in by fans via Twitter. Also, be sure to go to twillery.com slash ringside. That's twillery.com slash ringside for some great deals on some cool shirts. Sitting Ringside with David Penzer can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.